Good morning. Today is Tuesday, July 28th, 2020. There's a prayer we say on the weekdays with a unique choreography to it. The prayer is Tachanun, and it's a prayer for mercy and compassion from God. We say this prayer every weekday after the Amidah, after the Shemon Esrei. And there's a long list of days on which we do not say this prayer. We don't say it on Shabbos. We don't say it on Yom Tov. We don't say it on Rosh Chodesh. We don't say it on Purim, on Hanukkah, on Pesach Sheni, on Yom Hatzma'ut. We don't say it when there's some happy occasion in the shul, if there's a bris in the shul, if there's a wedding that day, if uh, there is a chatan or a kala. Um, many days we do not, we omit it. And uh, you'll see why that is in just a few minutes. The first line of this prayer is actually a pasuk from uh, the book of Shmuel, Shmuel Beis. Vayomer God, this is David, King David speaking. David said to the prophet God, Tsar li ma'od, this news troubles me exceedingly. Nipla nabiyat Hashem, I would rather fall into the hands of God, ubiad Adam al epola, but do not allow me to fall into the hands of another person. So this is part of a narrative that's going on. Uh, it's near the end of David's life, near the end of Shmuel Beis, the second Shmuel, the prophet. David had done as king; he had done a terrible sin, and God had caused a plague to afflict Am Yisrael, the Jewish people. Vayomer David al-Hashem, David says to Hashem, Chatasi ma'od, I have sinned grievously before you, God. And so God sends his prophet, God, to David and tells him that there will be one of three punishments that will take place and David can choose which of the punishments will be given. And after hearing the three punishments, David responds and says, Vayomer al-God tsar li ma'od, this news, this my sin, this terrible thing hurts me very much. Nipla nabiyad Hashem, I want my punishment to come from God. Ubiad Adam al-Epola, I don't want the punishment to come through another person, because, as our sages explain, Biad Adam, if it is another person who is giving the punishment, there's no chance of rachamim, there's no compassion, there's no possibility of teshuva, of repentance, and it will be very, very harsh. But if the punishment is being given by God, there is always, no matter how hopeless it seems, there's always the possibility of rachamim, of compassion, and mercy, and teshuva, repentance. And so, I want it to come from God and not from another person. Here's a situation in which David understands there's no one else to turn to. And so he turns to God. And this is an expression of utter reliance on God's compassion and mercy and forgiveness and the effect of repentance. 
with no other alternative. And this prayer is, I'm sorry, this narrative of the background of this prayer is the background for the choreography and for the prayer's second name. We refer to this prayer as Nephilas Apayim. And Nephilas Apayim means a person says this prayer when they put their head over their arm like this. It is a prayer that a person says and that is a gesture that we make when we're overwhelmed. When there's no hope, when there's no solution, when there's nowhere to turn other than God. Even today, when you see a person in that posture, you understand that something is deeply wrong. It is a posture of a loss of hope and despair, and only God can make it better. This is not exactly on the same level, but let me share this with you. Just one moment. A few years ago, it was Erev Rosh Hashanah. And I was in my office. Obviously, as you can understand, the, the afternoon, the, the day before Rosh Hashanah was very, very hectic getting ready for the holiday. And I got a call. As you know, I'm one of the people that's in charge of our Eruv. And I got a call that the Eruv was down and needed to be repaired. That in itself is not such a big problem. However, the repair that was necessary was in the middle of a very large construction site. And number one, it was going to be difficult to get to this site because there was construction all around and traffic was blocked from the area. That's number one. We had to replace a wire that was very high up. We were going to have to get trucks and we were going to have to get permission to let us into this construction zone. But the other problem is that the construction was ongoing. So the work that caused our wire to come down today was probably going to cause our wire to come down tomorrow and the next day. And that means that even if we fix the Erev today, by tomorrow, it would probably be down. And even if somehow we fix it the first day, it would probably be down the second day. So how could we possibly fix it on the days of Rosh Hashanah itself? I mean, we're not supposed to work on Rosh Hashanah. We're supposed to be in shul. And secondly, even if we had a way to be able to fix it, how could we communicate that people? How could we let all the shuls know that in fact the error was up or the contrary to tell them it was down? And I heard this news and, and I was overwhelmed. I just, it's just too much. And I just, I put my head down on my arm, on my desk. Because I just, I had no... So at that moment, my secretary walked into my office and she sees me sitting like this. So, of course, she assumed someone died. So thank God no one died. But I just, I just was hopeless. I just, 
And Baruch Hashem, it worked out. Um, it took a lot of effort. And I did things that Rosh Hashanah that I've never done before. Just suffice it to say, it was a unique and very, very challenging uh, holiday. Not only Rosh Hashanah, but the same thing happened on Sukkos, the first Yantov, and Sukkos, the second Yantov again. So that whole holiday season was, uh, uh, I'll just call it for now, interesting. Uh, at some point, maybe I'll be able to look back on it and, 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 and laugh, but it's still a little painful. Uh, but it, had, it worked out. Thank God it worked out. That's this prayer. And this prayer calls for great honesty and great emotion and great passion. Now, there is a detail about this prayer, and this has become relevant to us, especially those of us who are davening in outdoor minyanim, and that is that the choreography of placing our head down on our arm, that only happens if we are praying in the presence of a Torah scroll. Not necessarily a minion. This prayer does not require a minion. And this prayer can be said by both men and women. But in order to do the, the, the gesture, it requires being in the presence of a Torah scroll. That's the reason if we're davening outside and there is no Torah scroll, we simply say this prayer standing. If there is a Torah scroll outside or if we're inside the shul, uh, with God's help, uh, then we say it with this uh, uh, leaning on our shoulder. And the reason for that is based on another narrative where a similar kind of a prayer takes place, this time a prayer concerning Yehoshua, Joshua. That Joshua, Yehoshua, led Bnei Yisrael, the Jewish people, over the Jordan River after Moshe died. Yehoshua leads the Jewish people into the land of Israel. It's the fulfillment of the dreams of centuries. What God had promised to Avram and Yitzchak and Yaakov, Moshe had tried for 40 years, and Yehoshua finally succeeds in entering the land of Israel. Amazing triumph. Of course, now they have to conquer the land of Israel. And so, uh, there is a battle. You may remember, we've discussed this before, the first battle was in Yericho, Jericho, and the Jewish people triumphed, just like God promised. So we're on a roll. Everything that God promised is happening. Everything that is supposed to happen is going well. Hashem is with Yehoshua. Yehoshua is successful. And the Pesach says, Vayihi Hashem es Yehoshua. And God was with Joshua. Vayihi Shom'o B'chol Ha'aretz. And the reputation, the news of the power and the triumph of Yehoshua leading Hashem's people was known in the whole land. Everything's going well. Then there comes the second battle. The second battle is against a place called I. And at I, they lost the battle. It's impossible. I mean, how could it be? Hashem promised. It started so well. And this is just the second battle. I mean, there are many, many more battles to go. How is it that you get such a, a, a great running start and everything is perfect and all of a sudden 
It fails. Vayikra Yehoshua Simlosav. Joshua tore his garments in mourning. Vayipol alponav arza. And he bowed down to the ground. Livnei Aron Hashem. Before the Ark of God. This is another prayer of utter abnegation and despair. Everything that I thought was going to happen is not happening. All the promises do not seem to be occurring. Hashem, who was with us, is now not with us. It's all over. Complete despair. What are we going to do? Our sages, that prayer goes on to say, God answers that prayer, and God tells Yehoshua how to fix the problem. Someone had done a, t- a certain sin that caused that fail. That, that failure in battle, Hashem tells Yahushua how to be able to fix that, and they go on to triumph in the future. But at that moment, our sages derive from there, Lifnei Aron Hashem, the, the bowing down, the, the act of submission was in the presence of God's Ark. We don't have God's Ark, we have the Torah scroll, which is the same words, and therefore our sages tell us that this prayer of Tachanun, of Nefilah Sapayim, of bowing down our head, that is only in the presence of a Torah scroll. But if no Torah scroll is present, then we say the prayer, but we do not say it. We say it standing in a regular standing manner. What I've shared with you so far is part one of what I'd like to do with you. And part two, I'd like to continue tomorrow with an incredible story in which this prayer is central to the narrative. But both parts, part one that I've shared with you today and part two that I plan to share with you tomorrow, should give us an insight into the extent of emotion in our prayers. And Tachanun, and especially Nefilas Apayim, is one of the deepest and just from today, before we even get to the second part tomorrow, but just from today, you should be able to see why we do not say this prayer on Shabbos, we do not say this prayer on Yom Tov, we do not say it on Rosh Chodesh, we don't even say it on Erev Shabbos, or Erev Yom Tov, or Erev Rosh Chodesh, because at those times that are joyful times, if a Chatan or a Kala are in the room, it's a time of joy, it's not a time of despair. Any kind of a day where there is some reason to celebrate, then Tachanun is omitted. That's why there are so many omissions, so many days on which this prayer is omitted. Because even, because when there is hope, then that is not the time for this prayer. Even on Tisha B'Av, on Tisha B'Av, the paradigm and model of mourning and sadness, we omit Tachanun. No nefilas apayim, because as I've shared with you several times, because Tisha B'av, as sad and painful as it is, also contains within it the seeds of redemption, the seeds of rebuilding, the seeds of reconciliation. That's the beginning of an understanding of the prayer of Tachanon and nefilas apayim, and I look forward to sharing the second part of it with you tomorrow, with God's help. My friends, I want to wish you a great day, stay safe, and I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.